Welcome back to the Division One Rejects, episode 104. Today is June 19th, Juneteenth episode. Happy Juneteenth. We record on holidays. You heard it first. Yes, sir. All of them. Work don't stop. It don't. We're going to have a big time episode coming out probably on July 4th. No, July 3rd, potentially. So yeah. I don't know if I'm at privilege to say what that will be yet. It will be very exciting. It's so big. Uh, it's it's large. It's very large. So we're excited about that one. Stay tuned to the socials for that. Uh, Instagram, Division One Rejects. Twitter at D1 underscore Rejects. Do some numbers there. Our guest for today's episode, Coach Bobby Johnson. He's the offensive line coach and run game coordinator at Albion. Two O-line coaches in a row on the show. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Big Dogs. Don't mind it. Don't mind it at all. Um, but Get Fantuzzi next. Make it three. We will. Fantuzzi will be up next. He'll be right here on the couch, though. He'll be. We gotta get him out. He, he wants to come on. He said he I know wants he, to. I know he does. We'll get him. We'll get him in here. Every time I see him. Um, hey, man. Yeah, and then I I ask him the one time. Man, you gotta ask me when I'm not big. Like I got too much going on. Yeah. Well, then don't give me shit about it. Yeah. Come on in. He'll get it. Uh, he will. In. He will. But um, great conversation with him in just a little bit. If you want to fast forward to that on YouTube, use the timestamps bottom of the video. Fast forward to anything that we're gonna talk about today. What are those topics, Kobe? The XFL rookie draft recap that happened just a couple days ago. Uh, one of the draft players, one of the draftees that we mentioned on our social posts, he's got an interesting background. We're gonna take a, a take a look into that. He's we'll just say he's a badass, just straight yes. badass. So excited to talk about him and all of the draftees. The we had King. seven Division two athletes drafted the XFL. One NAIA player. Very exciting for mm. the lower level guys. Um, the biggest, the meat of today's episode is a huge $110 million practice facility for a Division three school. You just don't see that kind of money at most levels, especially Division III. I mean, it's III. beautiful. Like, it's... Well, yeah. And <sighs> preface it by saying it's not just football. And if you follow our socials, you already know what it is. It's Wisconsin-Eau Claire. We're going to talk about them in a little bit here, but... Just wait till you see that thing because it is special. Um, mm-hmm. Otherwise, a couple little uh, funnier topics. Uh, Father's Day, uh, Jordan Love kind of flopped on Father's Day. His little joke to Bears fans was th- just that. It was a flop. He it really, was, he really like thought, like he really believed he was. So that's the thing is there's actually a wholesome backstory to the joke. And we're going to dive into that okay. a little later. Right. So it wasn't Good. quite as corny I'm as excited it came to, off. I, okay, yeah I, haven't, yeah, I haven't heard. So. so I don't think most people have. And then finally, Nick Saban. Uh, actually, getting he just announced his debut, getting in the ring to do a boxing match. Oh yeah, match. Uh, yeah. not quite, but he is in the Showtime. VR. So Showtime TV. As always, you can watch this episode on YouTube. Like I said, <clears> don't forget about those timestamps. Listen pretty much anywhere else: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. Follow us on the socials. But before any of that, let's get into that conversation with Coach Johnson. Joining the show tonight, the offensive line coach and running game coordinator at Albion College in Downstate Michigan, father of Rufio, the Catahoula Leopard Dog, and Twitter aficionado, Coach Bobby Johnson. Coach, pleasure. Oh, pleasure's all mine, man. Thanks for having me. Of course. I'm uh, almost as excited to have you on as I was when I found out you have an Instagram for your dog. So that might actually be my first follow after this uh, interview. I don't know why I didn't do it earlier. No, he's 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 a ladies' man. The, the, I think he's, he's probably got more followers than I do. <laughs> Not on Twitter, he doesn't. Not hey. on Twitter, no, but Instagram, maybe. Yeah, Twitter. I mean, you're all over it, man. You fired off uh, a hell of a tweet this morning that got that got a good rise out of me. Let's see, I can probably I'll pull it up here for the people who uh, you know, the select few that aren't already tapped in with you on the socials. Shiny weight rooms and locker rooms are nice, but if there's no winning culture or the right people to fill those rooms up, it's really just some lipstick on a pig. That is beautiful. I I love that. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, just working, you know, you know, working these camps all summer. Um, you know, I'll continue to do so. 
Um, you meet a lot of great guys on the road. And, you know, sometimes you just listen to a dude speak and you're like, all right, man. Like, <laughs> this is what it is. Um, I mean, I'm not perfect. Um, I'm definitely a blunt New Englander. I know I screw up sometimes, but there's one thing I've learned in my career. Um, don't negative recruit and don't bullshit kids because oh, yeah. you can see you can see right through it, man. And that's one thing, you know, nowadays, more than ever with the portal, with everything, especially, you know, Division Two, Division Three, is not, you know, there's no NIL, there's nothing like that. Kids want a coach who's going to be real with them, you know, and, and I, yeah. I transferred I transfer twice as a player. So, I mean, I know, you know, what happens when, you know, you get sold a bunch of bull. Totally. And we talked a lot about that last week with uh, with Coach Burton on how, like, you know, that's, that's their thing over there at Northward. I mean, he comes on the show, what the hell is he supposed to say, that they're bullshitting kids? But, you know, sure. I know that guy and I know that staff and Coach Buer that – those are the guys they recruited me out of high school. Those are straight shooting guys, and that's that's what you look for more than anything. Now, um, you say no nil the D two and D three level. I would have believed that too. I'm scrolling through Twitter today. I find a kid D three football player, thirty plus nil deals with companies oh, yeah. that you would know off the top of your head. And I'm like, this is. I mean, it's again, it's for the one percent, right? The athletes, but this trickle down effect is happening, man. I think it's going to become more and more prevalent as you know, guys like myself start to leverage platforms a little bit. So I am, uh, I'm excited to see that. But on the point of some tweets, let's, uh, I want to go back to talk about that, uh, that dumbass video that Barstool put out. I have them muted on every single account that I own. And yep. if they offered me a deal to buy the podcast tomorrow, I'd turn it down. I couldn't, I could not associate myself with that brand, but I saw your reply and I loved it. And like you said, this isn't your first time coaching D3 ball at Albion. Shoot, you played it. You lived it for four years, right? Four-plus years. And I just want you to tell me what it means to be a psycho D3 football player. And, you know, what can you tell us about the guys that that choose that path? I mean, yeah, it's it's all about the love of the game. I played one year D2 ball. I got registered and, and got to play, you know, another four years of college football. And I did a PG year. So, I mean, I graduated 25 years old. So, I mean, I, yeah, I went to a state school. I graduated from a state school in central Massachusetts, uh, Worcester State University. And we called it Woo Mountain State because it was, you know, essentially a spinoff of Blue Mountain State. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We had guys that were, you know, 27-year-old um, Iraq veterans that were playing linebacker for us. We had Holy guys shit. that were, you know, 18-year-old fresh out of college. Um, I think my senior year, our, our senior class, it was 15 guys and 13 of the 15 guys, we were transfers. Wow. Um, and out of those 13 guys, I think seven of us are college football coaches or college strength coaches. So I think, you know, when it goes back to the love of the game, you got to be a psycho because you're not getting any money. You're not getting any recognition. You're not, you're not getting anything besides a chance to compete. You know, I was talking to a young man the other day at a camp. He was, he was kind of wishy-washy on playing college football. I said, brother, there's no beer league football. You know, when you're done, when you're done, you're done. You know, it's not like I can go out with my boys and go play softball on Friday nights. Like, no, when you're done playing college ball or done playing high school ball, you know, and you have the chance to and you turn it down, you know, that's it. So, yeah, no, I mean, D3 was a, was a whole different experience. I loved it. I went trading of the world. Helped me, helped me to be a coach. The reason I am a coach I played for a guy named Brian Cullen, coached the same school for 35 years. And uh, my senior year, after my senior season, he was like, hey, I think you would be good at this. Why don't you, do, you know, try to do spring ball with us? Did spring ball, and, uh, you know, I never never looked back. I love it, man. And you're right. That's not something like I played in a slow-pitch softball league this summer. You know what I mean? A little, like, church league type deal. And, 
hit a couple balls out of the park. No big deal. But the point is you can't just strap the pads up and people joke about playing in the parking lot all the time. Nobody's going to do that, right? You can throw the ball around tailgating, but some people have to come to that realization sooner than later. You know, I'm two knee surgeries in, and now I'm like trying to get one year of football. I'm, well, I got, you know, while I'm still 21 years old, they're going on 22 years old. And that's something that, you know, you just got to get it in when you can. And I think that's what makes this sport so special, but also so difficult because I think a lot of players have that identity crisis after you know, football is over and being around the game in any capacity is certainly a good way to, uh, you know, to avoid that in, in some respects. But, you know, continuing on the on the Twitter trend, I'm seeing all the tweets going around the high schools, right? You're making your first trip repping the Britons and all around Oakland County. You're at Clarkston. You're at Oxford. I didn't actually see a tweet from Lake Orion. So is that one still in the drafts or what's the deal? No, uh, no love for the Dragons? No, I love the Dragons. Uh, our head coach has a really good relationship with them, so he okay. he went and visited them um, when he was out on the road. Does he? Run, is it Rundle? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yep, the, yep Travis Rundle. Yep. Just wanted to make sure that my, my guys weren't Coach Bell and then the gang weren't getting uh, getting left out there in Oakland County. Uh, no, no, they they got the special treatment from the head guy. I like that. You know what? I like to hear that. I like to hear that. I just had uh, I had lunch with Coach Blackstock, who was he was still helping out, but was my head coach uh, when I went through that. I, Coach Bell was was there my first year, but uh, I love to see that. I saw Oxford and Clarkson. And I was like, I kept scrolling. I was like, man, wait a minute, something something ain't right here. I like to I like yeah. to hear that though. Um, but your first round of recruiting, repping the Britons, what has it been like making those connections with all those high school coaches, and uh, what kind of tips do you got in making a good first impression? Yeah, I mean, biggest thing I've never lived in this part of the country. I've never recruited this part of the country. So the way that we do it at Albany is really good. We all have at least one major. Um, you know, reputation for good football. Like my my major county is Oakland County, and then I'll do the best. Um, yep, <laughs> and I'll do like Tri Cities area. You know, Claire, some of those farm boys up there. Oh yeah, but, um, we all have our own spot, and uh, we just you know we have a really good staff. We're six full time guys and another five part time guys, and I would say our part time staff might be better than some places full time staff. Our D line coach played on the '94 national championship team. Our running backs coach is a Hall of Fame uh, high school coach in Michigan. Our Titans coach is Brad Bush, um, call it former FBS FCS um, coach. Like he's awesome. He's the president of the Michigan uh, High School Coaches Association for football now, oh. and he's our Titans coach. So those guys are great. They're great connections. And then my mentor uh, coached at Western for a while, and he still lives out out here. Um, and he's been great for me, telling me, "Hey, you got to go here. You got to go there." Um, but the biggest tip I can give to a kid, you know, when they're trying to do a really good, you know, make a really good first impression with a college coach is be honest about your major. And if you don't have a clue, just say that, you know, be honest if you want to play college football or not. You'd be surprised how many kids you talk to and, you know, hey, Ben, you want to play college ball? Yeah, sure. You know, you talk to them a couple weeks later. Oh, no, I'm all set, coach. Um, that's the biggest thing, I think, with declining numbers and enrollment in high schools and just the population in general in this country right now. You know, some guys don't want to play ball anymore. So that's one thing for me the last couple of years I've done. Make sure guys love football and, and really try to get to know them off that. So I'll tell guys, be honest. Hey, if they want to play college football, be aggressive with your recruiting. Be honest with your, your recruiting. Be honest with your GPA. Know your GPA. So many guys are like, uh, I think a 2-0 or a 3-0. <laughs> no, man, be honest with your GPA. Know your GPA. Know your test score if you have it. Um, and then just have some good questions ready. You know, hey, if you're if you're an engineering guy, have an engineering engineering question ready to go. If you're a business guy, have a yeah. couple business questions ready to go. 
Um, that that impresses me when I talk to a young man and he knows what he wants to study or he's got an idea what he wants to study. Um, and, you know, he has a couple of questions about, hey, you know, what is the job pl job placement for your business program? You know, hey, what's the retention rate on the football program? You know, if you have questions like that, Ari, I know you're the real deal. I know that I want to recruit you. Yeah, 100%. I think it all comes back to just like open lines of communication, right? Like being open. You said the word, you know, talking about honesty a ton right there, right? And it's all about being transparent, having those open lines of communication. And I think almost more importantly than finding the right place when you go about it that way, you'll figure out what places are not the right places, right? I know like personally, you know, going and visiting a school and I remember going on my official to another school that was not Northern and I sit down with this uh, lovely lady. She was in charge of their communications department. I'm a multimedia journalism major. And at this school, you know, at the end of the day, had a great offer for me, was excited about the football program, but the program academically was just not what I needed. And I wouldn't have known that until I actually got there and sat down, had the conversation, talked with people who were involved with it. And I think that is is super important too. Now, um, when you go about the, and I guess you haven't been around, I, I don't know how long you guys been doing like official visits a good mm -hmm. bit this spring. How yeah. do you go about that process with the athletes? And um, I guess you talked about finding out their love of the game. What's a good gauge for that and getting guys on campus? So we, our admissions department's awesome. Like our head of admissions, she has lived across the street from the football field. I think since she was like six years old. No so way. she's all about athletics and all about, you know, I mean, half the students at Albion are student athletes. So we have a yep. great relationship with, you know, with them and setting up visits. So how we do visits, essentially, you know, it's open invite, you know, we watch your film, we get your transcript open invite to come. We, we partner, you know, with an admissions tour. Um, but like I picked up a couple of good things actually from coach Rundle since I've been here, you know, he'll ask a guy, Hey, what's your, what's your favorite play? Like, you know, Hey, you're an old lineman, old lineman. Hey, what's your favorite run play to run? Or, you know, you're, you're a linebacker. Hey, what's your favorite blitz? Yep. If a guy, you know, you, if you see a guy's face light up, like, Oh coach, I love run counter. I love kicking out a guy like, all right. Hey, I know that guy loves football. He Hell knows yeah. Talking about that's a great way, you know, just asking questions or like, hey, what was your toughest opponent last year? You know, what's your toughest opponent going to be this year? Um, you know, you can tell the guys that you know eat, breathe, sleep, you know, they just love football, you know. I love questions. that, yeah. No, that's I do like that a lot because, yeah, you're like, oh, you know, whatever coach calls, right? You know, it's like that, that's not it. Like, you want to be like, coach, give me like for me, it's like, give me power, like, give me power right up the middle or inside, whatever, whatever. Give me something between the tackles. Let me go run this guy and set the tone, right? Like, that's what I want to do. That's all I want to do all game. But I think that's great. I think that's pretty awesome. You've been at Albion for roughly, what, three months now? Yeah, four, yeah, four months officially, four. Like, end, of, end of March, but I've been there since, like, there March 2nd. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. Now, coming in after, you know, talking about Coach Ronald a little bit, he gets the head job there. You guys um, got to go through the spring with that group, yourself acquainted with uh, that core that was still there, bring in – excuse me, some other pieces. Now, obviously a lot of tradition there, a lot of winning tradition as of late, especially when it comes to the MIAA, that league, right? And this last year, Alma gets the edge on them, but still has been a, a seriously a dominant program. And I say that because just assuming that was the sense right when you got there, right? It wasn't a clean sweep to my knowledge mm -hmm. as far as coaches go, or was it? Nope. Nope. So our offensive coordinator stayed and offense has okay. averaged 40 points a game for the last yeah. 10 years. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Steve Wassel's unbelievable coach. Really lucky to have him stay on board as a quarterback's coach, offense coordinator. Um, and then our, our linebackers coach, special teams coordinator, Andrew O'Hara. He does a great job. Really good young coach. Um, he played at Concordia and Arbor. He's a Michigan guy. Yep. Um, he is, does a great job too. 
Um, and then myself, uh, Coach Rundle, our receiver coach, Rico Wallace. Um, he's unbelievable. He actually just got a minority internship at the Jets. I saw that. And That's big time. Yeah, he's awesome. And then um, our, our DB's coach is coming from De La Salle, um, and Carl Featherstone. He's a awesome human being. He's a bad mofo. He's a recon sniper for the Marines. Like, the man probably choked me out in two seconds. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> badass, man. He's got the he's got the street cred off the bat. He did a great job at De La Salle. He was kind of their recruiting liaison, helped out with a lot of guys. Um, so he's been a home run for us because he knows a lot of relationships in the Detroit area. Um, and, and it's like going back to our other part-time guys, none of those guys left. So Yeah, that's big. Um, and, yeah, that's and then big. Coach Rundle, Coach Rundle being an alumni, you know, he won three conference championships as a player playing for his dad. You know, Coach Rundle moved back up here too. The, the the senior moved up here too. So I'm sure he'll be roaming the sidelines for us on Saturday. So yeah, that's I awesome. I took this I took this job because of the winning tradition and the academic reputation. Um, you know, it's the best liberal arts college in the state. It's uh, one of the best in the country. Um, you know, our guys are graduating, getting really good jobs. You know, CEO of Zenith Helmets is a Albion alum, uh, American Airlines CEO, Albion a football alum. So we have a ton of Ton of successful football alum doing really good things. They got you coached up pretty good. You got all the notable alum off the top of the brain. Try, man. Like I said, you go to some of these camps and you listen to these other coaches talk about MIAA schools. I'm like, shit, I got to learn my stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> you, sound, you, you sound like you've been doing it for a hell of a lot longer than what you have, man. I love it. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, we can stick right on the, the topic of camps. This time of year, I mean, it's all about prospect camps. I know our coaches here, like I've been stopping by the Dome, you know. You try and go in and just bullshit with the coaches. That's how you make good relationships. But they've just been gone because camping all over the place. And I just wanted you to give me a realistic rundown of, especially at your position, offensive line. In Michigan, you can't put the pads on at these camps. And so – realistically how are you best evaluating these guys at camps and we've been a lot on the kind of the tips for the athletes today but really what are you looking for from these guys when you go out there and you're, and you're at camps um biggest thing for me i'm i think i think i'm a lot different than uh most online guys i could give a rat's ass about one-on-ones i really could <laughs> um especially with no pads and yeah. you know you know, kids wearing helmets and no shoulder pads and the D lineman is just spearing the lineman in the chest every play all right how much <laughs> do you value on that um for me, I want to see you do some, you know, functional movement type stuff. So like when I work camps and I'm allowed to do drills, I get guys on a knee, I get guys on a med ball. I want to see their core. I want to see if they know how to move their body, um, that, you know, their athleticism, their hips, that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, I could give a rat's ass about, yeah, the, the competition stuff. Like, yeah, it's great. You want to see a guy compete. Obviously, the dudes they're doing, you know, you know that they're not losing on one-on-one pass rush rep as an offensive lineman with no pads on. Yeah, he got to be pretty damn good. But at the same time, I just want to see guys move, move in space. And I want to end the biggest, the bigger one for me too, um, especially division three level. Can a guy follow directions? Do I have to mm -hmm. explain it to him, you know, five times? Do I got to tell a guy, hey man, toes on the white over and over and over again? Um, the little stuff like that, I tell, tell guys all the time. The first, only the first guy in the line has a reason or excuse to screw up a drill. If you're the second guy or the third guy, you have no reason to screw up a drill because you've got to watch the first guy go and you either listen to me um, give him coaching cues or chew his ass out. You know, so yeah. it's like the biggest thing for me is can guys move, how they move, and can you follow directions? Yeah, and I've seen some stuff from some coaches that have said, like, they do things purposefully at these camps to make the environment a little bit more 
hectic or kind of all over the place just to see, like you said, like, what's your attention to detail? Can you focus on certain things? Uh, is there anything that you've got that you've pulled out of the bag of tricks to, to test some guys or what? So we did, um, we did our first prospect camp, um, end of May and it was like 95 degrees. And I, I just went really fast. I mean, I yeah. gave him plenty of water, but I just went through our daily indie and I just went through really fast. And I want to see who was going to give up and who was going to, you know, throw in the towel. Um, <laughs> But that that's it. Yeah, no, 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 no hidden tricks. I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel. Um, yeah. when I'm at when I'm at camps and I and I'm you know, I don't have to work them and I can just straight eval. I usually just try to pick one or two, like I said, one or two drills that show the guys using their core, getting off the ball, running off the football, that type of stuff. And I just kind of park myself there. And I usually just write down numbers, right? Hey, this guy can move, this guy can't move, that yeah. type of stuff. Just a little mental checklist. And you're putting a lot of teach tape out there on uh, on Twitter and the other platforms you from your guys indie and stuff like that. I guess I don't really see a lot of that from other coaches. Is that just like a gatekeeping type of deal? Or, or why is that, do you think? So there's a lot of really good coaches that have gotten out in the last 10 years because the coaching profession, and now probably people will hate me for saying this, is really selfish now. A lot <laughs> of guys, a lot of guys are looking out for themselves. Dude, I know I'm a D3 guy. I didn't I didn't play, you know, at some big school. I didn't get a break. I'm very happy being a full-time division three offensive line coach. You know, hopefully could be a coordinator someday, head coach oh, yeah. someday. But uh, I'm all about helping guys. And I'm all about making offensive line safe. And I'm all about making guys better players. I will share my drill tape with everybody. Because, you know, what? half my stuff, I took from somebody else and put a little wrinkle on it. Yeah. Um, I was with a, a former FBSO line coach yesterday working at camp. He literally sent me, um, like, 95 drill tapes he's made over the last 10 years. And – you know, it's all about sharing and making guys better. And if some high school coach, you know, wants to use my drills or, or even a guy in my conference wants to use our drills to make their alignment better, great. That, that, that makes me happy. Um, like I said, you know, I'm not going to not get a job because, oh, man, that dude used my angle drive drill and his guy's way better than my guy. And, you know, he took credit for that drill. That's, that's not going to determine whether I get a job or not. So I'm all about just trying to teach guys safe technique, how to move their body. You know, I train kids privately in the summer. Um, like I'm going back home this week to Boston to do that for a week. Um, and I'll post a ton of views from that because I get to work with kids ages 12 to, you know, kids that are playing at Yale and Harvard. So, you yep. know, it's, it's fun. But that's why I do it. Just, you know, try to grow the try to grow the game, try to grow, um, you know, offensive line play. Um, I mean, we all know I love my coaches to death. My coaches were my – my high school coaches were my father figures – I did not learn a hell of a lot of technique enough from the line. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 you know, and, uh, so just trying to help these guys um, become better coaches and better players. I love it. And that's the industry that I'm in, in a lot of like photo and video and creative work. And it's adopting that same mindset, right? So you, you always see the final product, right? For you, it's on Saturdays. For me, it's when I post things to our university channels, but sharing things with other people and trying to help in kind of my own way, coach people up because it's the same way in that, you're taking the idea, you're taking this product and you're adding your own creative twist or your own wrinkle like you talked about and then producing that. And so if you're doing that, why would you inhibit somebody from doing the same to your work? The, the mindset seems so intuitive and just so basic, but like you said, at the end of the day, sometimes people have the blinders on and they just can't seem to get out of it. But uh, man, I've had you on here for 20 minutes already, Coach. I appreciate you. Um, I won't take up any more of your time, but this has been great. I wanted to say thank you again for uh, for coming on. I'll let oh, you get back to Rufio. Awesome. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but Thanks, seriously, though, thank you, Coach, and uh, have a good night. I'll be in touch. You too, brother. Thank you. Thank you, Coach Johnson, for coming on. Um, 
unfortunately, the, the guest on Friday's episode will not be an O-line coach run game coordinator, so we're going to break our short streak there. But mm. uh, I did appreciate having him on. He this was a good, good dude. And uh, anyone listening, please go give Rufio a follow on Instagram. You weren't here for that conversation. Rufio is his adopted or rescued uh, Catahoula leopard dog. So wow. Might have to go. Um, ooh, wrong camera there. Might have to go give him a quick quick follow on the gram. Know. Yeah, he's a, he's a cutie. So he's up to nowadays. <laughs> but we can switch gears here. And uh, let's start with the XFL, the rookie draft recap. And I'll pull up just a quick, you can see there, our tweet. And you can see there, like I said in the intro, seven Division II players, one NAI player that were drafted in yesterday's rookie draft. Taking a look at those guys, you've got some GLAG representation there with Cy Barnett from Davenport. And then really uh, also Quentin Barrow from yeah. GV. Um, should mention that one as well. But then after that, I mean, it really does go all across the board. From Mankato, you've got uh, Elijah McGee, Ashland. You've got Michael Ayers. He was a guy that really we would have thought would land on an NFL team yeah. because he was getting invites from a bunch of different places. Uh, Connor Degenhart is an interesting story. Went to Holy Cross out of high school. Mm. Obviously didn't see the time that he wanted there and circumstances were not right. So goes to New Haven. Absolutely balls out for them. He's getting a shot with, I believe, the Renegades. Then, Wes Moye is from Rocky Mountain College. That is one I had not heard of before. Oh, the Grizzlies? That's they sick. Mu- they must be. And that logo is pretty dope. That is dope. So, shout out to him. He is the one NAI player. And I learn new schools all the time when I make these graphics, which is yeah, pretty exciting. Uh, Darius Gaines from Western Colorado out there in the RMAC. Already talked about Quentin Barrow. He was drafted to the USFL as, as well, So, what are, like, what do you do in that scenario? That is what I, we're going to talk about a little bit. Um, but the last guy that we're going to talk about a little bit more in depth is Mamar Fall from Colorado State Pueblo. And we've had Trey Botts on from there, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Um Omar, he actually was invited also, I believe, to Ravens minicamp and to a couple others. So he got his shot. Obviously, unfortunately for him, doesn't look like he's stuck with any of those teams. But the one thing I did want to bring up right off the bat is that in the article from the XFL, it says, quote, XFL teams will hold exclusive rights with the players they select in the draft. Mm. So with the USFL, we talked about how, okay, you're drafting the best of the guys you don't think will get selected in the NFL draft. Right. Right. So, you know, how do you decide? Man, I got the burps today. How do you decide who's right below the mark? Right, yeah. With this, the NFL draft has happened. The USFL draft has happened. Minicamp is gone, right? You're into, you're really already cutting down the roster. So now I'm assuming they figure whoever's left over is left over for good. Right. Otherwise, I guess you're going to play Arena League or Indoor. Yeah, but sometimes, like, one guy gets a cut from our practice squad, another team will come, you know, give him a shot. You know what I mean? Yeah, or, so that's interesting. Now, I guess the opportunity here and the reason why these guys may or may not agree to those terms, obviously this doesn't mean they were signed. It just means that they were drafted, right. um, is that security, right? Yeah. You get signed to this league. They know this league's going to be around for another year, yep. and you're guaranteed X amount of games to go out there and get more, more film. More film, more eyes, right? Yeah, so super excited for those guys and um you know for those listening to the show that still would want a chance the XFL is not done recruiting there's going to be more showcases held throughout this summer they're in Atlanta um well they were in Atlanta yesterday excuse me uh St. Louis July 7th is the next XFL showcase they're in Washington DC on July 9th Houston on the 14th Arizona on the 16th they're all over the place wow so the XFL is not done they're still out here and i think you know we talked about it last week how they lost a lot of money at the end of the day i think it's actually pretty admirable because they're still, they didn't just pull back, right? They had to right, cut some yeah, employees. They, yeah. 
but they didn't pull back well, even showcase even the rock was like it's a it's not just like a one or two year thing like they want to make it the long term like yeah. they want to make it the long run so i mean it might be shitty now but hopefully you know short term losses become long term gains yep Right. That's I mean, that's probably that's the their their insight going into it. That might be put up on the fucking headquarters right now. That, yeah, that I'm, sentence right yeah, there. It's probably everywhere. Team morale might be at a little bit of a low. Yeah. <laughs> Locker room chemistry, 48%. Yeah. Um, but the XFL Combine is July 25th through 27th in Arlington, Texas. That is invite only, though. So I think that's different maybe potentially than the showcases, which could be a register-type deal. So that Combine... Um, invitations will be sent to the top performers from the showcases earlier in the summer. So if you're out here, these showcases, you ball out, you get an invite to the combine. Okay, so yeah, they have cool. steps, yeah. I guess, to this deal. But I do like, I mean, you're all around Atlanta, I guess, Houston, DC. So you're East coast, you're St. Louis, Midwest, Arizona, you get a little closer out to West coast. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're so they, everywhere. their spread is really good. So there's really not excuses for guys because they're giving them all the opportunities in the world. Right. And I think that's probably, uh, the best part about it. Now, Mamar, Fall, the guy from CSU Pueblo. And, of course, I do my research and a little bit of homework on these guys when I see them. At, and usually, you know, I'm throwing them some follows on the gram and on Twitter trying to, you know, boost them on the socials. Right. I come across his feed. That is the first thing I see. Yeah, that is, dude. Holy shit. I wonder if they call him, like, the Lion King or some shit. <laughs> that would be badass. And if you think this is dope. Yeah. Another good one, shit, but wait. Dude. Dude, he not walk like he just walking like this is just everyday shit. Everyday shit. shit. Yeah. Hey, come on, let's this go, bro. On. Come on, bro. Hey, man. Hey, man. Pick up the pace, man. It's like a security, dude. Look at him. I just that's dope. Again, I, you know, I literally just saw this. Thought I would show it because the dude is just awesome. Anyone who does this, yeah, it's I unique think, as hell. Yeah, exactly. Unique. That's a great. That's a great word for it. And I personally don't know like. How this ties into... Uh, <laughs> i never maybe... seen nothing like it. No, dude. <laughs> maybe with, like, freaking... Uh, what's his nuts? The Tiger King? No, uh, well, yeah, him, <laughs> but... Uh, I'm blanking on his name. He died. What? Just oh, Stinger. Steve Irwin. Yeah. Talking about Steve. He didn't do, like, tigers and lions and shit, though. Not really. Um, yeah. He was around some, for sure, yeah. but that wasn't his, I guess, his forte. But, like I said... I don't know what kind of significance this has in his culture or his heritage, so I don't even want to speculate on that. I'm sure it has some type of you know roots with where he's from yeah. originally. Mm-hmm. Um, either way, I think this it's show dope. is this show yeah, is just this. about highlighting badasses when we can. Yeah, this is sick. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I just had to I had to throw that in there. I thought that was so dope. You missed it too. Coach uh, Johnson earlier was talking about their DBs coach, who was a uh, he was in the Marines, and he just said was a bad mofo quote. And he said he could probably choke me out in a minute. No way. <laughs> yeah. And Johnson, he's big. Like he's a big, he's old line coach. Is he's he? big as hell. He said he could choke me out in a minute. No problem. Wow. Pretty dope, dude. It's from De La Salle. Oh, okay. Um, but the meat of the video, this is what I really wanted to get into. University of Wisconsin Eau Claire, they're building a huge facility. And by huge, a Division three school, that can mean a lot of things. This facility is going to be the eighth largest of its kind in the country. Yeah, that's great. And I think that is Probably, probably just the easiest way to describe this thing. It's going to cost an estimated $110 million. And as I pull up the video here, you will probably see why. This thing is going to be 140 yards long, 70 SMU yards wide. One of the and if I... There we are. And 
83-foot ceiling, so 83 feet tall. And that just gives you oh my gosh. kind of rough dimensions to of what to expect on that. Now, let me pull up the clips. Do they have a rendering yet or no? the actual building. They do have all kinds. They've, dude, they've broken ground on this. Um, construction okay. was actually supposed to begin in 2020, was postponed due to the pandemic. But then in 2021 or 22, I can't remember, they officially broke ground. Here is a little bit of an update from the site of this building. And oh my gosh, there you get a good idea of what exactly this entails. Let me go back full screen there. This thing is going to be, I mean, just absolutely incredible. So they just, I mean, they just sent the new, they just set the new. It's got, yeah, the new division three football, like record, obviously. So, you know, you could ask how can they afford this? Well, the people that this is named after, are giving $70 million. That would be the Sonnentox. Are you serious? Yes. So that gift of $70 million is what got this project up and off the ground running. And then the remainder of the money, I'm sure they had to do some interesting financing for. But there, I'll pause right there. You can kind of see, like, just the scale of this, dude. Like, this is going to so be... So they're already, like, they're already in works and... Oh, dude, this is, yeah, this is, like, a look at the construction. This was very recently. So, like, this thing is underway. It does not have a potential release date um, as far as I know now. But we're not talking about, like, a half. This is a full 100-yard, 100-plus-yard football field with end zones and everything. So it would even be longer than that, right? And additionally, you're going to have all of your typical college stuff, like your rec center, and they're going to have basketball courts. They're going to have – this is going to be so much more than just a football stadium. So while we're a football show, this is going to be an incredible tool Mm -hmm. for everything. Eau Claire football team and university yeah. exactly this is going to be for absolutely everything so certainly had to highlight that let me give me just a second here as I pull up like you said some more of those renders like the final products let's see kind of what those look like as I take this guy down or actually here I can pull that back up because that's the that's the front of it right there it looks like a, it looks like a castle yeah dude. <laughs> holy shit is there a moat and a drawbridge 83 feet ceilings yeah I don't think people understand that that is large yeah that is really large um so for football though you i mean you need it right right you're trying to get stuff done like that so let me find like we hit the dome yeah exactly and the dome we know the dome is absolutely massive so let me find real quick some of the renderings on this guy because again when you see this you will certainly understand again and also again 70 million dollars coming from What's the last name? Hold on. Let me get this image up for you real quick. There it is. That's the front of the facility and also Sonitag. Oh, my gosh. The uh, the name attached to it right there. Wow. And like I said, really, when you look from the outside, you wouldn't guess, oh, that's like, it's not like a football practice facility. Like, this is a whole university deal. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really big to understand. Like, this isn't just football. Um, football, obviously, will be benefiting from this a ton, potentially more than other aspects um but it is it is much more than that john and carolyn sonnentag okay that's those are the names of the two um presumably damn couple bro that is like that gave back what kind of college experience bro think have? about it though eighth like you know how many yes th- there's like what eight teams in sec <laughs> yes dude like think about that they have nicer shit than big 10 schools sec schools big 12 like Yes. That's legit, as dude. Far, yeah, as far as size, you know, and size and money goes. Right. right? We don't know what's actually going inside, but you would assume with both those known factors. Right. They're not going to be cheaping out on some equipment. Right. So it'd be interesting to know if, like, the weight rooms for the athletic teams will be going into this type yeah, of. Yeah, they're going to have a. 
Shit's crazy, dude. It is, but you think about it, like when there's that 110 much million. going on, there's a lot of things that you got to fit in there. Yeah. Right? So it is the largest indoor in Wisconsin, and this is the eighth largest indoor facility in all of college football. Um, it sits right on the banks of the Chippewa River. Here is a better render slash image for you, Cade, right here. That one is beautiful. And if you... Um, is that on the water? Yes, Chippewa River. I said, yes, yeah, so it's right on the bank. So, I mean, that's that's so sick, man. It's not quite like a Northwestern type deal. Like, they're gonna, like, they got to like be a, one of the ones that's above, oh, right? Yeah, Northwestern's yeah, got to be. They have to be. Because that was like $240 million, They have to be, dude. There's no way. But that's still. Like, Miami will be above. Um, LSU. Probably Florida State. Yeah, I was curious, actually, how many we could. Um, I don't even know if Alabama would, to be honest. Off the top of our head. And then we also have some they more might. images here from the construction site. So I'll show you those as well. There's that outside, but a little bit of a better image from where they're at in construction right now. And you can see, like, the foundations, like, the bones of this place have been up. Right, they're really starting to get into more yeah. of the nitty gritty stuff mm-hmm. of actually fledging this thing out. And obviously, imagine, there's not going to be turf in here or anything yet. Imagine right? being like a football player or like a well, I guess any student and having an internship with a construction company and building that. Or dude, yeah, that'd be, that'd be sick. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that'd be like like think about our guys yeah. doing internships and they build a construction like that, management like here and they went to an internship and started building that shit. Yeah, and now obviously you know it might be frustrating for those guys because. Let's face it, the players, most of the players there right now are probably not going to see the fruits of this labor. Like, this thing won't be open for quite some time. But that's the thing is, like, you're going to attract so many more prospective student-athletes to this place. And in a league like the WIAC, 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 something, the WIAC, Mm -hmm. in that league, as uber competitive as it is, for a team like Eau Claire, which I don't know, I can't speak on other sports, football has not really been in that conversation as far as league champs go. Right. Right? This is something that, like that. I would sure hope kind of turns the edge, right? So I mean, they're definitely you know it's not shout out. They're to not they're not cheap. They're not being cheapos. Shout out to Football Scoop by the way for the article. Great source of uh, all things college football. That is a good one of the ceiling right there. Oh yeah, man, is that cool? You can see the cars for scale right there. Just massive. It's cool. Just absurdly large. So looks like a freaking greenhouse. It kind of well, right now it kind of does because it looks like it's so just wide big, open, dude. Yeah, uh, so very. Uh, you walk in the back of Lowe's and there you are in the back <laughs> in, in the plant garden. Oh, that's pretty good. The uh, quote here talking about I'm trying to think here talks a lot about recruiting. And also, you know, like I said, attracting all the different student-athletes. The quote from their AD here is that it's significant basically for all of their programs. Yeah, right. Just to compete. And it's not – he was very, you know, wanted to emphasize that. This is going to attract enrollment even outside of athletics. Also going to be big for the community. Um, He says, we're going to bid on national championships. We're going to bid on the Division III men's and women's basketball national championships to try and bring – that economic development to Eau Claire for a couple of years in a row. We're going to go after the state high school events. Holy and they're shit. also going to have uh, big time concerts and other events in this building. So like I said earlier, I cannot stress enough. This is going to be Dude, a they're very all in, large bro. multi-purpose. Must be in the hot seat or something. <laughs> <laughs> he called up his friends, the satin, satin tags or something. And was like, Hey, we need a little bit of that. Yeah. I mean, give me 70 mil. I'll cover the rest. <laughs> 
I don't know. I how promise he, it'll be worth it. I don't even know how he covered the rest. Is the thing. That's. But the how do you part. approach somebody like? Okay, Miss Santaga, <laughs> and Mister Mister and Mrs. Santaga. Um, I'm just gonna cut right to it. We need 70 mil. Yeah, we got 40 mil from you know Larry Moe and Curly. <laughs> you guys gotta cover the 70. It, it's very interesting though. We'll name it after you. Them. Uh, them talking about hosting those events too, because obviously there's a great chance that they're never in those events, right? Yeah. You don't. It's hard to make it to that stage. But when you host those events, if like they got said, kids, though, they better be going there, bro. Right? Like, come on. Yeah, but you, like you said, you host those events and you bring that economic impact to that area, and all that's doing is benefiting your university. Yeah. So that's dope. Um, having the facilities to do that, I think the best example of that actually is seeing teams fight for like hosting a Super Bowl. Yeah. Right. Definitely. I think that's. Even like the NFL draft, I feel like. Yes, the draft is another really good comparison because you're not competing, but like, right you next still want to have that. Hell yeah, 2024. Uh, but that was that for that was that for Eau Claire. Uh, we can move nice. on. Jordan Love or Nick Saban? Let's finish off with Saban. Okay, we can go with uh, with Jordan Love now. Father's Day was this weekend. Hope all the fathers had a great Father's Day. Uh, Jordan Love, it seemed like made a joke that pr- fell pretty flat on right. Father's Day. This is it. He says, happy Father's Day to all the Bear, Bears fans out there. And I read that, and I was like, oh, that's funny. But then I read it again. Yeah, it's in the same shit, dude. And I was like, that actually doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, shout out to War Room. Because <laughs> I, I, I looked at it, and I was like, all right, whatever. And then I go in the group chat, and all the smallers are like, what the hell is this guy talking about? <laughs> and I finally, I'm like, yeah, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> happy Father's Day to all the Bears fans out there. So typically, I think you would phrase it as, you know, like, the Bears fans should be telling me Happy Father's Day. Like, I'm your dad. Like, like hey, Bears fans, wish me a Happy Father's Day or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like Aaron Rodgers just was came out and said it outright, I own you, was his sentiment, remember, from last year. Yeah. But, so that that was seemingly the end of the joke. Everyone thought, okay, Jordan Love's just a dumbass, and he made a stupid joke. Who cares? This is the other side of the story that I don't believe you saw, Cade. And there's not. a little bit of a wholesome truth behind this whole series of events. And this tweet does a good job of explaining it. So first, this tweet here. It's from Christy69. Nice. He says, there's no more. I handed him my phone, asked him to make a fun video to originally wish the French Bears fans a happy Father's Day. And that is his original take. Though he forgot to mention French and obviously, or better said, he lit fire. Here is the picture before the vid. So, it turns out, this is a Bears fan asking Jordan Love for a favor to wish Bears fans Happy Father's Day. The French Bears. The French Bears, as in... What the hell is that? Like, French French. Bears fans. Okay, okay. Like, they're French, but they're Bears fans. So, he hands him the phone. Jordan Love is just a good guy. He's just doing a favor for this dude. He says, oh, yeah. Would love to. It's basically like a little cameo. Like I'll record a little video for your buddy to send to your buddies. Yeah, that's all it was supposed to be. So how did? So how did? So this how even... did it get leaked? That was my question exactly. Did this guy go and out him, or was it one of his friends that he yeah, sent it to? Yeah, it's probably like that. One of the French bears. Then it just gets posted everywhere. So, but that was that was basically the the gist of this is that Jordan Love actually was a good guy in this situation. What did he? What did he quote tweet it? So he quoted it, and he says here. Sorry. Back one, yeah. Yes. Jordan Love says, quote, was asked to do a special favor for this fan. Didn't think much of it, LOL, but I see y'all really took it and ran with it. Regardless, I hope everyone had a great Father's Day. 
Jordan Love, man. I mean, if good that, guy like, Jordan. I mean, he put himself in positions. Oh, he absolutely. But did. like, but like, do I think Jordan loves like that? Like he he hasn't done anything, so no. he, he, he so he has nothing to stand on. Exactly. So why would he be yes. do, like? There's no there's no previous stints of him being. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, I, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt now, but. <laughs> Maybe if he beats the Lions in a couple months, then I'll, I'll be coming back to this video and deleting yeah. it from on the internet. <laughs> I'll be down here late at night. You hear the keyboard. <laughs> this keyboard is loud as hell. Sometimes I feel like you can hear it on the on the mic almost. But um, so that was that. That was the Jordan Love uh, lore, the arc. Okay. There was a lot. There was a little bit more um, to that one than the. Surface. See, there's always you know there's there's always uh, don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah. Don't uh, don't judge a, a Packer by his cheese hood. Yeah. How about that? Finally, though, Nick Saban's showing off the hands. We have mm-hmm. to finish on this. Um, it's like Floyd, he Money somehow, Mayweather. He somehow discovered VR, and the only thing better than that is that somebody caught it on video. This is his daughter. Why is it on? There it is. Okay. Can't have that music on there. I'll probably have to mute that portion Just for copyright purposes. Right, but hey, we're going to watch it again. Nick Saban. Pulling out the mitts on VR. Dude. Now you get into your commentary. Um, This is great. This actually made me feel really good about myself because <laughs> Why? I saw this video. I'm like, wow. Nick Saban is like real. He's not a, like a, a bot. He's a real human. And he's, he's, he does stupid he's shit shadow like bots. He's, he's Yeah, he's, he's exactly. You know what I mean? So I was like, uh, maybe I'm not, you know, maybe I am doing something right. <laughs> like someone, I saw a couple of really like, look good at him, bro. Like, he's, he's, he's enjoying <laughs> his life like any other guy would do with, with that thing. <laughs> The classic family room, you got a, the dog bed behind Yep. Him. I don't know the, what, the what kind cri- of... Is it Christmas? <laughs> oh, wait. Okay, this is the thing. It probably was Christmas because, like, he probably just got the VR. Yes. And it was... A, obviously, it wasn't... So, it says, I mean, Happy Father's Day to the Goat. And there's this football probably, on. This is an old video yep. that's resurfacing now for our delight good, of Nick. Good, um, good. He's trying to show people what happens if Bama gets snubbed from the playoffs again this yeah, year. Yeah, he's going to give them that one-two. Ha <laughs> That shit ain't going to fly no more. I love to that's imagine awesome. that he's got, like... Uh, who would be who would he be boxing in there? Sarkeesian? Uh no, he uh, no. Who would he be boxing? No, it would be uh it would be uh NM uh Jimbo. Oh, it would definitely yeah. be Jimbo. 100%. Oh, it absolutely Jimbo Fisher is confirmed on the other side of that VR. Yeah. Um, he is giving him the freaking work right now. He's he's got like the little uh what do they call like the what do they call those what? Those things like flash up but they're not real. I'm starts with the hologram. Yeah, hologram, hologram. Oh, he's got, like, he's holog- fighting a Jimbo hologram. Yeah, he's got. The, you can have your settings, and he's like, Jimbo Fisher. The only thing that would have been better than this is just like one of those videos where like the dad gets it on, and then he starts running around like he's in VR. <laughs> Imagine yeah. Saban did Saban that. Saban might have really hurt himself. No, he would. He wouldn't. He wouldn't let that touch the internet. I feel like he's got too much. No, respect. he wouldn't. He's got too much respect for himself. Saban and, might be the only. And guy I bet that you his daughters do too. They're not like I ain't posting that. <laughs> his daughters definitely know though. Right. Like, I can't post random shit about my... Oh, by the way, there's the Saban family dog. You see it at the bottom there? Yeah. Some little shit. That video's played like seven. He's a Yorkie. Now. Yeah, but I just realized that the dog was on there. It was like a little... Look at that little thing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a... Um, a little Yorkie. That's Ricky. That's Ricky? Shut up your ass. Well, Saban's are known yeah. for football, oh. not dogs. Thanks for listening to you on Rejects. We'll be back with another great guest on... Thursday or Friday when you listen to this. uh, Head coach from Kentucky, Wesleyan, will be joining us on uh, the next podcast episode, so stay tuned for that. Thank you for listening.